Hey everybody, welcome back to the Cheap Seat Sports Podcast. This is your co-host Brandon along with Kyle and Chandler here today to talk about a couple of different things that we got going on in the sports world. Obviously right now, uh, are sports coming back? That's the big question. What is the plan? What is everybody thinking? Everybody's got stuff moving around from uh, from the MLB thinking maybe we'll do empty spring training facilities to the Masters being pushed to the middle of November when they're going to get snowed on. Uh, to just all sorts of crazy things. MLS talking about closing down and not worrying about doing anything. XFL's out of business. So here we are. The question is, are sports coming back? Kyle, give me your little, give me your quick opinion on this. Do you think any sports are coming back this year? This year, I think they will, but it's going to be later. Um, I like the Masters. They already announced they're giving a, um, a set date for the middle of November, which is right in the middle of SEC football, which would make for a fun tailgating day to watch the Masters and everything all at the same time. And hurricane season, right? Golf. Well, hopefully that would <laughs> That would also make for interesting golf, but especially on the coast of, to play. of Georgia. There, yeah. Yikes. No, um, I like that they're pushing for a later comeback. I feel like. Trying to jump into things too soon is obviously not a good idea. I think the best analogy I've seen for it is it would be like skydiving, getting close to the ground, and then cutting your parachute off with a thousand feet left in your fall. Not a great idea. Doesn't come out for a pretty ending. Um, I like what baseball's proposing with the possible spring training with no fans in the stadium because really they're saying that um, sporting events, concerts, things of that nature were the biggest risk factors for spreading a disease where you're having large groups of people clump together like that. But we'll see. Um, it's good on paper, but ultimately we won't really know what's going to happen until we start seeing numbers change as far as that's right. New diagnosis. So yeah. We'll see. So, I mean, this is kind of where I'm at. I, you know, my biggest thing is everybody's all over the place. I don't think that anybody has any idea what they're going to do. You know, everybody, I mean, I mean, golf has got their date set, but Lord knows that dates are easy to change, um, especially when the tournament is always played at the same place. You know, but I mean, SEC football is all over the place. Major League Baseball has no idea what they're thinking. Uh, I mean, they, they, they even propose some crazy ideas that even all the players are like, yeah, no, they're, that's not going to happen. And they want to get back on the field just as bad as anybody. And so what I would love to see is I would just love to see a little bit of continuity. I would love to see, you know, smart people get together in a room, sit down, figure out what they want to do and just go with it. I think that that's uh, what we're doing right here, Brandon. Yeah. I think that's the biggest problem is nobody has pulled the trigger on just going with a plan that just, you know, that they've spent a lot of time working out the logistics and saying, Hey, if you want to play, this is how we're going to play. And if everyone says, no, that's not how we're going to play. Then you say, okay, well then, you know, we're down for the season. Um, instead of continuously changing everything around. But, uh, one of the sports that obviously is not necessarily up in the air per se to a degree, uh, standing pretty steadfast on the fact that they are going to go this year is the NFL. And that's where we're at with this episode. We want to dive into, uh, the NFC offseason transactions. We want to talk about some key points, uh, give some predictions, give some highlights and really see where each, um, division is standing in terms of what it is that they've accomplished so far this offseason. And then the next episode after this, we'll focus on the AFC. But today, like I said, we're in the NFC. So let's get diving right into this. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. And let's start with the uh, NFC East. Kyle, what do you got for us? So NFC East, we'll start off first with the Eagles. Um, their biggest question mark, I feel like this offseason, is their wide receiver room. They already lost Nelson Aguilar. Um, 
And Alshon Jeffrey had surgery in December. He's always a question mark with his injuries. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with their wide receivers. Um, they made a big move this offseason for a cornerback in Darius Slay, but haven't really done anything in terms of wide receivers. So a lot of people are expecting them to go for a wide receiver in the draft. There's obviously a very talented uh, wide receiver group in the draft. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think the Eagles have the benefit of being in the NFC East because it's probably the worst division. That's right. So, you know, even even when you're kind of limping onto the field and, and you don't have the guys that you're used to throwing to, you know, they sort of, I think, have the luxury at least to probably be in the best situation to end up at least similarly to the end. I mean, you only have probably what the uh, – you've got the Eagles and Dallas that are pretty much going to be your only two teams most likely competing – here so it would, it'll be interesting to see if dallas can just run away with it or uh or, yeah there's definitely a lot of rebuilding going on in the east yeah. i mean three of the four teams the eagles happen to be the exception have new head coaches this year so it'll certainly be interesting to see what dallas uh new york and washington do with their new head coaches yeah that's for sure the uh thing that stands out to me the most in the east is going to be um the redskins i think that for too long they've been middling around um you know, and trying to figure out what their next move is. And they, they drafted what they thought was going to be their franchise QB, uh, last year. And let's be honest, he, he, he was up and down, uh, inconsistent. And I think that if, uh, Ked the Cowboys and I think if the Eagles are going to have any sort of competition, then the Redskins need to make a big move. And one of those big moves comes from that number two spot in the draft. I think that, um, and I'm not the only one that thinks this. The fans themselves voted upon this at, on Bleacher Report today talking about taking Chase Young, one of the most athletic pass rushers that the sport has probably seen in a little while, just so highly regarded, uh, just way up there with his speed, with his with his agility, his, his ability to read the offensive line, read plays, and not just be a pass rusher, but just be an all-around athlete. And I think that that's going to be their first move in taking that next step to being able to compete with those two teams. Yeah, he's definitely an incredible asset. It'll be interesting to see um, what he'll be able to do at the next level. Obviously, he was a stud at Ohio State. Um, it'll be interesting to see what he can do in that Redskins defense. They've been in need of a pass rush for a while. Um, with the second overall pick, what better opportunity do you have to get the best player on the board? That's right. So let's uh, let's give some end of season predictions here for the NFC East. Uh, let's go with um, let's do let's do who's going to win and what their record is going to be. Chandler, what do you got? In the NFC East. All right. Uh, I am going to, like I said, I think that the Eagles and the Cowboys are probably going to still stay on top. I don't think that the Redskins or the Giants have any hope at all of really even, I mean, if they can hit 500, great for them. But I just don't think, I think they're at least a couple years away from still doing that. Sure. Um, yeah. So I'll go from top or bottom down. I think that, I think the uh, Giants are going to fall to being the worst team in the East. Um, probably similar record to what they had last year, uh, which was four and 12. Um, so not, not expecting a lot from them. Um, I think that the Redskins, you know, especially with that draft pick, I think that that has the opportunity to change a lot of things around, especially when you look at, uh, the amount of points that they were given up. And obviously they're addressing that. Um, you know, so I could see them, you know, maybe going, <sighs> I don't know, maybe six and 10. 
uh, that would be, you know, doubling their wins from last year. Um, and I think that, you know, people would be happy to see the progress there. Uh, I'm going to put, I'm going to put the Cowboys still, uh, second in the NFC East. Um, probably, I think it's going to be a little bit more competitive because, uh, you know, the Eagles are not going to have again, those wide receiver options that, that they're so used to, um, it's probably looking to stack up pretty similar eight and eight. And I think the Eagles can probably pull it out again at nine and seven. Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, just to piggyback off you a little bit, this is genuinely, I think one of the, um, weaker divisions It's hard to say because there's a lot of talent here. It's just, man, the, the, the fact that they limped into the playoffs last year at nine and seven, that was their division winner. I think that, you know, at the end of the day that they're still not going to be any better than that. And I don't think anybody's made the moves to be better than that. Right. Uh, especially with the, the Cowboys. I mean, what have they really done other than spend a whole lot of money on Amari Cooper and right. tag Dak Prescott? Like, I mean, they've made some moves, but nothing significant. So I'm going Eagles, NFC East champions again at nine and seven. What you got, Kyle? It's tough. I really think, I really think this division is going to come down to what happens in the draft. Who's able to mm-hmm. gain an advantage by making the draft pick that makes a difference. Obviously, the Giants have great weapons on their offense. They have Saquon Barkley. They have Evan Ingram. It's there. They're just like a star wide receiver away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't really think of one they've had recently, like OBJ. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Can't imagine why you wouldn't want him on your team. So it'll be interesting to see if they can also grab a wide receiver in the draft. I feel like this entire division, all of them are looking for help at wide receiver. Um, But I go back and forth. I honestly have a hard time picking between the Eagles and the Cowboys. (laughs) I really like Mike McCarthy. I feel like he's going to make a big difference for the Cowboys, um, help that offense out some, help Dak grow a lot um, as he did. Um, Obviously he was in Green Bay last with Aaron Rodgers and they – had their differences, but I think that he'll make a positive impact on that Cowboys team. And I think he can get them over the Eagles. I think the Cowboys will beat the Eagles this year in the division. It'll be Cowboys, Eagles, Giants, and then the Redskins will probably round it out at the bottom. Nice. Yeah. And I mean, like, you know, to Remy's point too, you know, that there's a lot of weapons there on every team. And so, you know, really the best thing for a lot of these teams, and we kind of hit on earlier, you know, you're seeing what, three turnovers in the head coach department? for these teams. And so, you know, knowing that you do have the pieces on the field, but you haven't found the right guy to put them together to make the moves that need to be made. You know, you might be looking at that. So yeah, you could see, you could see a very different NFC East. I don't think that you probably will see anything too drastic. Um, Like I said, maybe just a different battle for that top spot, but um, you know, it'll be interesting when you see that much turnover at the head coach position. That's for sure. All right, so there you have it. There's our predictions and our and our feedback on the NFC East. Let's jump down to the NFC West. And let's be completely honest with one another. Everybody listening and all three of us here right now can all completely agree that the Rams are a freaking <laughs> mess. Uh, what are they doing? What is going on? What decisions are being made? How in the world do you go from the Super Bowl uh to where they're at now. I mean, as a Falcons fan, I feel like I should be able to answer that question because I feel like we went through the same thing. <laughs> right. But, you know, at the end of the day, the the Rams looked so dominant. And now we're here. Kyle, what do you think? I feel like the Rams took their shot. They tried to buy their way to a Super Bowl. They signed some huge free agents. Um, 
And they've recently, I'm not sure if they paid them yet, but recently saw Todd Gurley tweet out to the Rams. Yeah, <laughs> pay me. They they owed him some money. And then Clay <laughs> Matthews immediately replied to it and said, don't worry, they owe me too. So it's interesting to see that. They obviously have issues with cap space. Um, they've got a lot of big ticket players um, on the books that they've got to pay. And some of them, like Gurley and Clay Matthews, aren't even playing there anymore. One move they did make um, for the positive, it not only gave them an additional pick, um, but it got a good chunk of money off the books was trading Brandon Cooks to the Texans. Yeah. Um, they gave up Cooks in a 2022 fourth-round pick for a second-round pick this year. So they cut some money off of the books there and gained a second-round pick, which they only had six to begin with, so that will help. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do in a draft without a first-round pick as well. Yeah. So, yeah, they've got a tough road to hoe. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, sure. even even with seven picks, I mean that it it's an okay amount, but but I I still don't feel very confident that they're like, yeah, we've got a plan and we're moving forward and we know what we want to do. Yeah, that, I think unfortunately they they like Kyle said they they took their shot and they got there and they didn't they didn't finish. If they'd have finished, everybody would be looking at them right now and right. going, well, at least they won, right? Um, and they didn't, and so you know, I hope. Well, I hope, like you said, the Falcons kind of went through the same thing, and I can't really think of what the common factor is between those two teams and their Super Bowl losses, but it's interesting. Yeah, I don't, I'm not really hundred percent positive <laughs> what they are either, but the um, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, yeah, keep dreaming. Um, <laughs> You're gonna uh, have to Kyle Shanahan's the reason the Falcons lost, but we're not going to get into that, anyways. So the um, <laughs> and the Forty ers uh, were doing pre- we're doing pretty good, so you know, yeah, and there we were. Kyle Shanahan. Um, so yeah, I think that at the end of the day, one of the biggest notes to come out of the NFC West outside of whatever it is that the Rams are dealing with and whatever turmoil they're going through and trying to figure out what it is, is going to obviously be the trade. I think this is the trade that everybody will be talking about all season. I think they will be talking about it for a couple seasons. Uh, mainly being because somehow the Cardinals pulled off a trade that is just out of this world, unrelatable to any other superstar acquisition that has ever happened in the NFL. Let's talk about that. Let's dive into that real quick. Chandler, what, what's your opinion on this trade? Well, I I love to see it uh, for a couple reasons. Um, you know, for starters, I, I, I have a, a bit of a vendetta um, against Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he screwed up my fantasy football a few years ago. And so from then on, it's been nothing but bad, bad vibes for me. So, um, but I think it's crazy. I don't know how they did it. I, I really don't. I don't know what the benefit is um, for tech, for the Texans. Um with this trade, you know, other than are, are they, are they losing room, uh, financially that that they're able to now make some additional moves? I mean, where, where is something that's beneficial that's coming out of that for the Texans? Cause I just don't see it. Yeah. I it's, I mean, to trade a caliber player of Deandre Hopkins at any level, it doesn't matter where you're at, but you're, you're the Texans, you're a playoff team. This isn't something that, you know, is being done by a team that's desperate. This is being done by a team and a head coach that have a franchise quarterback, that have other star wide receivers to complement him with, that have a decent defense that has been up and down, but they can, they could use some work. Um, but they, they are sufficient and they're good enough. 
And so what we're looking at is a trade from a team that has zero idea what it is that they want to accomplish, in my personal opinion. Yeah. Um, you know, the running game has been a struggle for them for a few years, I feel like. But this draft is so deep in running backs, and every draft is deep in running backs. Right. Just keep taking your shot. Take your second, third, fourth round pick and try and get your guy. If it doesn't work out, then you have another draft the next year. But you're training for a broken down guy, mm-hmm. and you gave up a star for him. Yeah. I think that David Johnson is still a capable running back, but I don't think that he is no anywhere close to the caliber caliber of player that DeAndre Hopkins is. And no. so to me, to me, Absolutely. this is a team that's lost and has doesn't know what they want. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. like Hopkins may not be in his probably. Like, I mean, who's to say? Because he has so many great seasons to look back on. He's twenty seven years old. He's only been in the league six years. He's yeah. I mean, he's. I would say he's a top three wide receiver for sure. Um, Easy. For I won't sure. argue who the other two are. I will. Julio Jones. Hot topic. Number <laughs> one. Julio's Julio's up there for sure. I'm not saying he's not. I don't know who's number two. Well, it used to be Antonio Brown, but we all know what happened to that. Anyways, we digress. <laughs> but here's and so here here's another thing that is kind of crazy to me uh, with with that trade, and it's looking a little bit more in depth to what the Cardinals need and what I feel like. You know, where did they struggle last year? And so I kind of stumbled across this fact that like was really interesting to me. Like and and just kind of through this whole thing again, where I'm like, okay, then how does it make sense that they're going for just this top talent wide receiver? And that was looking at Kyler Murray. So Kyler Murray in his senior year at OU was sacked 18 times. Pretty, pretty decent. Last year, he was sacked a league high 48 times. Whew. And then you're putting a top wide receiver out there when you have a really strong likelihood of not getting him the ball in the first place because your O-line is just absolute trash. And so, yeah. you know, to me, it just kind of threw another wrench in that whole thing of, you know, well done to the Cardinals for getting Hopkins. But um, if they're not going to address the O-line, you know, it, it it's going to be interesting to see how often they're going to be able to get that ball into his into his hands because Kyler Murray's not used to being on the ground that much. Yeah. Well, you've definitely got to get some help on that O line. But then again, if you have a great O line and you have nobody to throw to, what's right. the point? I right. certainly right. expect them to make a make a um, first round pick. They have the eighth overall pick. Certainly expect them to grab an offensive tackle. Absolutely. Um, we'll see who it is. I know there's a few that are at the top of a top of different draft lists. It depends on where you look, but I definitely think they'll work on the O line in the draft. That's one of the things that they definitely freed themselves up and took the pressure off themselves with their first pick. Am I going? Wide receiver because they needed one badly, or am I going offensive line because they needed one badly? So they went out and they addressed at minimal cost, minimal cost, yeah. one of their biggest needs, and now they can put their all their efforts into making sure they get themselves a, a stud on the offensive line with the first pick of their draft. And I, I hope to see the Cardinals go all in on fixing that O line because again, you know, just talking about teams that have weapons and trying to find the right pieces. And moving them in the right direction, I think the Cardinals could could have a really uh, long career of success. You know, obviously it's pretty difficult when you're looking at the Seahawks, and obviously the 49ers have been have been great, but uh, the Cardinals can obviously with someone like Hopkins, with someone like Murray, uh, you know, they have they have a lot of good things going their way right now. At the end of the day, this trade makes a ton of sense for the Cardinals. Does not make a ton of sense for the Texans, but we'll see how it plays out. 
Yeah. Before we close on the NFC West, I just want to make a quick note about the 49ers. They made, they had to make a decision in the offseason because of cap reasons what to do with the D line. They re-signed Eric Armstead to a long five-year, $85 million contract as their franchise uh, pass rusher, and they traded DeForest Buckner to the Colts for a first-round pick. That is an incredible payout great for a payout. great player, but they also signed a great player. So they had tough decisions to make, but I felt like they did the best thing they could do, and they're going to get another first-round pick out of it. So sure. great job to John Lynch in that front office. Yeah, definitely. Good job. Well done. So uh, let's let's wrap the let's wrap up the NFC West. What do we got for predictions, College, Go first. Um, I think it will probably shake down very similar to last year. I feel like the 49ers are definitely the favorite. I don't know if they'll come out with 13 wins and a Super Bowl burst, but we'll certainly see. Um, another year of experience for Jimmy G. Uh, several playoff starts, obviously. Um, good to see that offense. They're retaining a lot of talent. We'll see what they do with that busy running back room as well. Um, think they'll win it. Uh, Seattle probably come in second. They haven't really done a lot this offseason. I'll be curious to see what they do with their pass rush. Um, and then Rams and Cardinals is tough. I think flip a coin, but I think the Cardinals might come out ahead of them, come in third, and then the Rams close it out at the bottom. Oof, that's a big fall from grace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to piggyback off of the same exact standings. I think that the 49ers, I think the 49ers definitely take it. Uh, I think they become your NFC West champions, but I do think the Seattle Seahawks find their pass rush, whether it's through the draft or um, re-signing Jadavian Clowney. Um, and I think that they compete all the way to the end, just like they did last year. I think this is going to be a tough competition between the 49ers and Seahawks. I think the 49ers take it. Seahawks take the wild card. And then uh, I, I originally was saying Rams and Cardinals, but man, after this conversation, I definitely think that there's a chance that that is flip flopped with the Rams finishing out the bottom of the NFC West. And that would be so crazy. I, I mean, just to see such a dynamic difference between two teams that you saw one team really go after it, really bite hard into this vision of what they, of what they want to do and go after it and somehow make it happen on what seems next to nothing to me. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I would agree with, with that sentiment of, you know, the 49ers kind of, you know, I think that they had a bit of a Cinderella story out the gate. I, like, I just feel like they kind of came out of nowhere. Um, but I think that they still have the momentum um, to be able to continue to do that. So I think we're going to see it stack up similarly at the top. Um, and and again, you, you hate to see it, but you also love to see it. I think the Rams are going to the bottom of the West. Um, and the Cardinals could could be vying for, for that second second place spot. I mean, it would take it would take a lot. Um, but it would be, I think it's going to be a fun season. Yeah, for sure. Right now, Vegas has the Rams sitting at nine wins on the season next year and the Cardinals sitting at six and a half. I feel like that's high for Man. the Rams. Yeah, I would, I, I would the bet Cardinals. the under on the Rams high, all day long. I would, I would not be surprised if both of them were eight win teams, but we'll see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, that wraps up the NFC West. Let's hop on down to the NFC North and let's just be honest. The only thing to talk about is duh bears. Duh bears. <laughs> duh bears. But, uh, no, we have a couple of different things to, to address when it comes to the NFC North. And, um, I'm going to pass over to Kyle. He's got some good statistics and some good traits to talk about. <laughs> so something interesting I thought coming out of the NFC North was the Vikings right after we found out about the DeAndre Hopkins and David Johnson trade. We found out that the Vikings traded Stefan Diggs and a seventh round pick to the Bills for a 2020 first and 
fifth and sixth round picks and a 2021 fourth round pick. Way more than what the Texans got. When you put those on paper right next to each other, Bill O'Brien is, I don't know what he's thinking. A dumb (laughs) dumb. Just scratching his head. That's certainly interesting. (laughs) Um, So the Vikings are clearly putting all their eggs in the Adam Thielen basket, which isn't a bad move. Um, But I would certainly expect them with that extra first round pick, that'll give them the 22nd, 25th picks um, and 12 total picks. But I'd certainly expect to see them make some moves on the outside at wide receiver. Um, Again, very talented class. It'll be interesting to see what they do with that. Uh, Another thing of note, the Bears, um, they traded a fourth-round pick to bring in Nick Foles. So we might have a little QB controversy in Chicago. Um, (laughs) Mitch Trubisky, I remember when he got uh, drafted to Chicago. Competing against each other. It raised, hey, that's a Super Bowl MVP in Nick Foles. (laughs) Raised some eyebrows when Mitch Trubisky got drafted by Chicago, but we'll see. Um, Should be an interesting QB battle in camp if we ever get to see it come to fruition. I don't know. We'll see. Nobody knows. Anyways, so that's about it for the NFC North. Not a whole lot to talk about with them. Oh, Um, wait. I nearly forgot. Uh Uh-oh. The Lions added offensive tackle. Halapuli Vati Vaitai to a five-year, $50 million deal. Attaboy. That name just rolls right off the tongue. That's a $50 million name is what that is. Absolutely. So let's hop into um, the end-of-season predictions for the NFC North. I'm going to go first on this. Uh, I'm going to be honest. Kirk Cousins, um, I mean, I just – I don't see how the Vikings – I mean, the Vikings would have to will their way out of not winning – the NFC North this year, in my opinion, over the Packers. Yeah, I think I think that the Packers are just not trying anymore. Um, they got a new head coach, and three. so it's gonna it's gonna. They be, almost won the NFC last year. Almost, yeah, almost, almost is a big word. Um, I just think that the, Vi- the NFC championship, honestly, though. But it's, it's I, not interrupting. It's and, my time and, to talk, <laughs> and and I feel like I feel like. Again, that was just them, you know, they're like, ah, it's going pretty well this season. Like, let's put that little extra effort in. And I don't know. It's just, it seems every, it seems year after year that, yeah, there, there's a little bit less, uh, enthusiasm behind the Packers as a team. And so, uh, I'm going to agree with Remy on that one. Yeah. That's where I'm at. I think, I think that the, it's the Vikings division to lose this year. Uh, do the Packers win the wild card? It's very possible. I'm not saying they're a bad team. I just don't. I just think that the Vikings have uh, a chip on their shoulder. I think that they have a little bit more to play for um, in terms of uh, you know just what they've been through. Um, yes, they traded away one of their best wide receivers, uh, but they have one, and as Kyle said, plenty to choose from in this draft that can easily take his shoes um, and may be even better. To be completely honest. Uh, so I think this is the Vikings. Packers come in second, and then then whoever else doesn't matter because nobody else is going to compete with the with either of those two teams. Are going to come in in second and third, or sorry, third and fourth. <laughs> yeah, I I agree with those sentiments because I mean you just look at what has happened in the off season, and it looks like the Vikings want to get better. They want to compete. They want to play. And the Packers, I think that, you know, like, like a lot, like a lot of the teams that I would say, you know, had their heyday probably in the early 2000s and have kind of rode the wave of just these superstar quarterbacks, stuff like that, that had those fan bases that got built up, you know, and have slowly over the years, a lot of that has been kind of fading off, fading away. And so I just don't think that the Packers are going to be, um, 
I don't think that they're going to be as dominant as they were last year. Um, I think that it was kind of a surprise, honestly, to me that, that they even, uh, you know, were able to clinch the division. Um, and so again, the Vikings are looking at those situations that they had and they're addressing them and the Packers are like, eh, like we're going to still give out the same amount of effort we did last year because it's been working. Um, and I don't think it's going to work this year. And so, um, I would always, always love to see the Lions do better. Uh, I got into the NFL when Matt Stafford got drafted and then it's just been up. It's just been a sad, sad life to get into the NFL because of that reason and to look at how bad the Lions are. So, um, it's exactly I, the reason why they're telling Joe Burrow to tell, yeah, <laughs> to tell the Bengals, if you draft me, I'm not playing for you. So you better trade me immediately. Exactly. Eli Manning. Yeah, Eli Manning, some, pull the Eli Manning yeah. on him. Damn, I'm not doing it. So I'm savage. It. <laughs> I, they just played that uh, recently. They, uh, I saw that. Yeah, they, yeah. They did a whole recap of that story, which was funny. I because I didn't know that. Um, and man, it was. I mean, that was cringy. I mean, that was like Tiger King cringy <laughs> to like sit there and watch that. Of like, ooh, Joe Exotic shout out. <laughs> there you go. Not sponsored by. Hold on. Um, R.I.P. So yeah. Um, oh wait, no, he's not dead. <laughs> well. We've He's in jail. Let me know. Joe Burrow, who has played at LSU for the Tigers, may be drafted by the Bengals. Joe, Tigers. I'm seeing a connection. <laughs> I'm seeing a connection. <laughs> it all makes sense. <laughs> but yeah, so I, um, I'd like to see the Vikings at the top. I think that they will clinch their division. Um, you know, I think, I think they'll clinch it with 12 wins. Um, Ooh. yeah, I, uh, I, I just don't think I think the Packers are going to fall closer to 10, 10 to 11. Um, and then the Bears and the Lions down at the bottom. Well, I'll close out the North. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and throw uh, a wrench in this whole thing. Obviously, you can <laughs> tell by my reaction. I still <laughs> think the Packers are the team to beat the North. I do think the Vikings are making moves to be closer. Um, they had 10 wins last year. I can see them right around 10, 11 wins again this year. They're definitely making the moves they need to move. But losing Stephon Diggs is losing a lot of offense for them. Um Adam Thielen's fantastic, but I think he does benefit from having um, another go-to wide receiver on the other side. We'll see who they draft. Um, the Packers are in a similar situation with Devontae Adams. They need to add another wide receiver there. So we'll see. Um, but I think the Packers will win it 11 to 12 wins. Vikings close second, 10 to 11. Um, and then I think Bears, then Lions round it out. Hopefully the Bears can scrounge out more than three wins this year or <laughs> not the bears the lions excuse me bears yeah. scrounge out more than three wins this season this um, is because you like matt patricia uh, my guy the rocket scientist from <laughs> mit and how many hold on give me a second here we they don't, added we don't like super bowl rings he has no that's not what i was gonna say he can count those for you but uh no they added three patriots this offseason there's something because miami added a ton of former patriots as well there's something to do with former patriots assistants and former patriots players they like their guys but we'll see so what you're telling yeah, me we'll is see. that patriots are going to be trash be. this year I wouldn't say that. A- but, AFC, uh, AFC is the next episode, boys. Calm it down. Yeah, All right, next so episode, but uh, the, tank uh, for Trevor. Tank for Trevor. Tank for Trevor. <laughs> All right, so here we are. We're we're rounding it out with the old NFC South, where you're going to get the most fire and the most passion from two of these guys, because two of us have hearts and one of us doesn't. Yeah. Uh, so Looking at you, Kyle. Let's jump on. <laughs> Sold my heart's for rings. Let's jump in. Talk. Let's talk about Drew Brees real quick. Uh, a guy that... Should you retire. Know, a lot of people thought, sh- thought of people thought should retire, was going to retire. 
didn't really have any idea what he was going to be doing. Um, obviously, a lot of QB stuff going on in the NFC South this year um, to talk about. But Drew Brees getting that fat contract, um, getting a very lucrative contract. I mean, for a guy his age, that's it's unbelievable. Uh, not to say his pedigree doesn't deserve it. Uh, he's a heck of a player, heck of a quarterback, and I think he's proved himself and he's put together a Hall of Fame career. Uh, but 100%. Do, did the Saints make the right choice? They let Teddy Teddy B walk. Carolina snatched him up. Did they make the right choice in sticking with Drew Brees in this offense? I think they did. Obviously, he's the right fit. Um, that's where he's been the vast majority of his career. He's been very successful there, setting all kinds of records. He's got a great rapport um, with his wide receivers, with Alvin Kamara. Um, they've got the weapons there. Um, they just added Emmanuel Sanders, which is another great target. I can't think of a, another secondary receiver that they've had in a long, long, long time um, to compliment Mike Thomas on the outside. So we'll certainly see um, how he can fare having two reliable targets on the outside plus a stud of a receiving running back in Kamara. Um, we'll see. I think it's a good move for the Saints. It makes sense if he was going to sign anywhere. I don't think anybody really expected him to sign other or anywhere else, it was either retirement or come back. But they signed yeah. to a two-year, what, $50 million deal? That's a lot of money yeah. to pay for an older It's a ton of money for a guy his age. I think that – um, thanks for bringing up Michael Thomas, by the way. I think we uh, <laughs> we did the man some dis- disservice uh, earlier in the podcast when we were talking about the top three wide receivers, and we uh, left him out. As much as I am not a Saints fan by any stretch of the imagination, Michael Thomas is one of the best. Yeah. Shout out to Michael T. You are – Top notch. You are a heck of a, you're you're a wide receiver. So, but the yeah, main thank of you, your thanks, thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, th- yeah, thanks for listening to the podcast. <laughs> Shout out at Camp Guard Mike. <laughs> um, Don't fall. So, the next move, the next move <laughs> to talk about in the NFC South, the big one, the Super Bowl size move, some would say. Buccaneers, Tom Brady. Kyle, you're not allowed to talk about this because you have a huge crush on Tom Brady and nobody Sitting cares about your hands. opinion about Tom Brady. Chandler, hit me up. Where, where are we at? Is this the game changer the Buccaneers needed? <laughs> you know, I don't know because I don't know if Tom Brady's going to be thinking more about football or retirement now that he's in Florida. And I'm pretty sure that that was the number <laughs> one reason why he went there. Because he was like, it's just easier to move now while I'm still healthy. I'm still able to move all the stuff. I haven't broken anything. <laughs> you know, why wait for the offseason? Going to do that or the, or for retirement. I don't want to move in retirement. I get it. I feel him. I think it was a good move on his part to go ahead and knock out the uh, moving trucks and all that stuff now. Uh, no, but seriously, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously good for the Bucks to be able to pull uh someone that's been so dominant that is um i mean truly the face of the patriots for ever uh i mean i don't know how many centuries that guy's been playing football uh but it's been too long (laughs) and um you know obviously the big thing in the nf in the nfc south has been the really the Lately, it's been the toss-up for that second spot and that potential wild-card spot. Um, you know, obviously, the the Saints have maintained a pretty high level of play to be able to clinch that division um, last year. And so, um, 
you know, yeah, I, I hate to say it, but the Falcons are the Falcons. So I think that that just makes this whole, um, I, I think that makes the NFC South extremely competitive. And when you bring in somebody like, uh, like Tom Brady and, and they didn't just bring in Tom Brady cause they also, um, did, didn't they bring in, uh, a wide receiver there too? Not a notable one. Not a notable one. They already have Mike Evans. Oh, yeah, they already have Mike Evans. Who, right, who, with, the right, who with the right yeah. quarterback has an argument to jump into that. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if you're not throwing, Absolutely. you know, interceptions like Jameis Winston, you know, with one good eye, then you, you've got a real good shot as the Buccaneers. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, you can't knock them for, for going after it. And um, No, certainly not. You know, so it'll be interesting. Yeah, for sure. I think that um, at this point, and Kyle, I'll, I'll, I'll shoot it over to you here in just a second because uh, I know you're a Tom Brady, Tom Brady boy. Um, but I think that the Buccaneers looked at the landscape. I think that they see Matt Ryan. I think that they see Drew Brees. And then they looked at themselves and they thought, holy crap, all we have is Mr. Crab Legs. <laughs> right. We, have, we have to go get... We have to go get ourselves a serious quarterback because we're, we're going up against it. We're going up against four times a year elite level play in the quarterback position. We need an elite level quarterback. And so, I mean, they obviously filled those shoes. There is no question about it. Greatest of all time. Um, is it, is it enough to get them over the hump though? Kyle, I'll let you shed some light. I think the move makes a ton of sense for the Buccaneers. Um, and I can see where it makes sense for Tom Brady. Um, the Patriots, especially last year, their skill position group is far from uh, miserable. The league. It's rough. Um, you can definitely tell the difference without him having Gronk around. Obviously, Julian Edelman was the security blanket. He hammered him all year. Just It was basically him and James White. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do, but we'll talk about that on the next pod. Um, it makes a lot of sense for Tampa Bay. It makes a lot of sense for Tom. He'll now have Mike Evans. He'll have Chris Godwin. They have two good tight ends. They got Cameron Brait and OJ Howard. Um, they need to address the running back situation, but there's a deep class in this draft, so I'm sure they will make a move there. But you also have Bruce Arians. He's a great offensive mind. He's got a history with older quarterbacks coming into a new place. I mean, he took, yes. uh, he went to the Super Bowl with Kurt Warner, won a Super Bowl with Miracle. Kurt Warner. Like, if there's the situation for him to do it with a different team, I think Tampa Bay is a good spot to see them you know kind of quote unquote come out of nowhere and make a run for one if it's enough we'll see um would be curious to see what other moves they make this offseason who they draft yeah but certainly makes a lot of sense all the way around and a uh, big contract florida doesn't have a an income tax so mm. a lot of pocket money it's a win-win yeah so the um obviously the other the other move uh, in the NFC South in terms of quarterback is going to be Teddy B going to the Carolina yeah. Panthers. Panthers throwing their hat in think, for, a, for, a, yeah, for a fancy I, I quarterback. Think that they, they saw themselves a quarterback that has done nothing but win football games and they, they took their shot at him. And I, I do not blame them for that. I think that, um, you know, he, what he proved with Drew Brees out last year for the Saints was nothing short of spectacular. And I think that he showed that he is a quarterback that can take the rock and he can win football games with it. Um, so good on them. And we would be ill-advised to not talk about the Falcons some. We know that they didn't make a change at quarterback, but why would they? They got one of the best. And I think that, um, you know, they, 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 Falcons are in a tough spot in terms of cap space. And so far, I feel like they've played the game well. 
Uh, obviously, you'd like to see him make some bigger, flashier moves, but you can only spin what you got. And uh, I think that they've picked up some some good pieces. And um, Fowler, obviously coming off the edge, replacing Vic Beasley, a decent upgrade over Vic Beasley, in my opinion, based off of just the consistency of play, not necessarily overall athletics, but the consistency of play. Fowler has been has been above par when Vic Beasley has just been a little all over the place. And then obviously the big signing of Todd Gurley bringing in a uh, running back that obviously has his questions, but go dogs, bring him back, back home. home baby. Love it. Excited about it. Can't wait to see him. But the let's be honest, the biggest news coming in for Atlanta is those freaking uniforms that, uh, <laughs> that they, <laughs> they decided to drop. Um, all white, all black. Those are sick. I don't know what they're thinking with that gradient fade, but you know what? We can move on. We don't have to spend too much time talking about it. Um, and shout out to the throwbacks. Classy move, Falcons. Right, Classy move. Incredible. Thanks for listening, Falcons. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, <laughs> All right. So one thing with the Panthers before we close this out, I'm very curious to see what goes on in that offense. They added Matt Rule, big, big in the past game. They brought in Joe Brady from LSU, who obviously revolutionized their offense. They released Cam. You already talked about the quarterback situation. Um, and they've added Robbie Anderson at wide receiver. They've got a track team at wide receiver. They've got a quarterback or a head coach and an offensive coordinator that loves to throw the ball. So I'm certainly curious to see what the offense looks like next year because they keep Christian McCaffrey as well. They just signed him to a record contract. I mean, oh, yeah. the, the offense is there. It'll be it'll be fun to watch the offense, but the question will be if they can keep the other team out of the end zone. Yeah, what's what's the point of having an offense that scores yeah. every other drive if your defense gives up a score every drive? Exactly. And while we're talking about that offense, they did trade away Kyle Allen, the bane of my Twitter existence. <laughs> so one last time for my friends at Panthers Twitter, specifically my guy Shaked Bartal, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name, would tweet at me every week and complain about how bad Kyle Allen's quarterback play was. And I told him, Every week. That's not me, man. He said, I know, but at least you reply. And for that, I got to respect the man. <laughs> you're, so, yeah, you're a good guy for that. That's amazing. Goodbye um, to my Panthers Twitter friends. Um, don't know if Redskins Twitter exists, but I'm sure they'll find me and we'll meet Most soon. likely. <laughs> just right, what you have so, to do is just you just have to get yourself a Redskins jersey and put it on. And then they're just immediately oh, going to think, based off the name and profile picture, that that's who you are. Um, gosh, but yeah, so here we go. End of season predictions, NFC South. Kyle, let's let's get to you first on this. So the NFC South, um, I can see it. Gosh, this is a hard one. It really is. Um, I can see it. Yeah, I can see it being ordered about the same. I don't know if Tampa Bay will have it to win the division. I still think the Saints are the favorite to win the division, but I can see Tampa Bay jumping the Falcons, coming in second, taking a wild card position, and then making a deep run. Obviously, Brady's got the playoff pedigree. He's got the weapons around him. I just don't think that defense has enough there to win the division. But we'll see. Um, I think the Saints will win the division. Tampa, a close second. Falcons, third, but not far behind. Um, I definitely don't think they'll have a losing season again. I think 9-7 and is probably better than 7-9 um, estimate for them next year. And then I think the Panthers will round it out at the bottom, trying to figure it out. Um, new head coach, obviously, they're probably going to be bringing in a new offensive scheme. Uh, and they still got a lot to figure out on the defense. So I'll go with Saints, Bucks, Falcons, Panthers, but I think the Bucks will secure a wild card spot for sure, especially with okay. the expanded playoff. Okay. All right, Chandler, what you got? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm always going to stay 
optimistic on the Falcons. I don't think that this year is going to be mm-hmm. their year, um, even though I'm going to say it the entire year that this is their year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think you're you're probably looking at uh, the Saints continuing um, to secure that top spot. Um, I'm not sure. You know, it, it's so hard because I think that this is, without a doubt, the most competitive all-around um division and so you know it it's really tough to say i think that we're just gonna have to wait and see what they can do in the draft um and then how really uh the bucks can pull it together um you know depending on is this going to be tom brady's buccaneers or or not you know is he going to fit into the system that's already there you know what's what's going to kind of be the change so um Looking to see just, uh, honestly, probably a really good fight for those top three spots. But I think the Saints probably edge it out. I think Panthers take the bottom, and then we'll just have to see about the middle two. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to good, – good perspective on that for sure. I think that – I'm going to throw a little bit of curveball into here. I think – obviously, I think the Saints are going to take the division. I think it's, um, without a shadow of a doubt, uh, going to be a hard-fought win. But I do think that they win it. Um Outside of that, I'm going to throw my curveball here. I think that the Falcons in Tampa Bay in the season tied with the Falcons having the tiebreaker, winning both games against Tampa Bay, beating Drew or Tom Brady twice. I like it. We need it. Same season. We need it. But they finished the season tied. Falcons are in the running because of that for the or for the second wild card spot and or for one of the wild card spots. And I think that Tampa Bay. Uh, nearly misses out, obviously, because they lose to the Falcons twice, and then you got the Panthers down there at the bottom trying to figure out exactly how they're going to adjust to the new offense while trying to fix their defense. Um, Just for giggles, what would you guys prefer? To beat the Buccaneers twice and miss the playoffs or split or lose both games to them but make the playoffs? I th- you, get, you got it a little twisted. I don't care about beating the Buccaneers. <laughs> I care about beating Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah. Well, at, the, at the end of the day... It's not about the Buccaneers. It's Tom Brady. If uh, if we I end this all- season and Tom Brady stops playing football, we all win. <laughs> um, if they win the Super Bowl. It's an impossible question retire? to answer. At the end of the, it's an impossible question to answer, Kyle. We 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 want the Falcons to playoffs, um, but at the same time. I honestly, at the end of the day, that means beating Tom Brady twice, I think. Um, I don't think you can beat him just once. I think you have to beat him twice to make it to the playoffs. So if they don't beat him twice, they don't make the playoffs. I'm still happy because they went 50-50 against him, but I'm still sad because they didn't make the playoffs. So, um, you know, that's just where I'm at. You know, it, it's this is all personal opinion, ladies and gentlemen. This isn't anything that, you know, we're not statistical geniuses. Uh, this isn't what we do for a living. This is something that we decided to do because we're passionate fans and we just wanted to jump into it. So, please um, place your bets based off of my predictions and uh, yes, I get Kyle, part of your profits. And don't listen yeah, to Vegas, Vegas when it comes to the Rams. Vegas they're wrong. <laughs> um, so, last segment before we close this out: most improved out of all the teams that we've talked about. Some teams we didn't even talk about. It could be a team that we didn't dive too deep into. But uh, each each one of us, let's 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 give our most improved overall team. Uh, let's start with you, Kyle. My most improved team. We didn't talk about them much, but I honestly think is the Lions. They had a horrible season last year. They only won three games. Um, they've added Jamie Collins, Danny Shelton, and Deron Harmon to that defense. They also brought in Desmond Desmond Trufant. I always have trouble with his name. Desmond. Better get it right. They also brought in True. Desmond Truth. <laughs> <laughs> they also brought in Desmond Trufant to that 
to that secondary. So the additions of Harmon and Trufant to the secondary and Jamie Collins to the pass rush, I think will do numbers for that defense. Um, Matt Patricia is a defensive mind, so he'll do well adding those pieces. And I expect them to make a first round move for a very good cornerback with that third overall pick. Um, for me, the Lions have improved much, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah, that's a good call. Chandler, what do you think? So, uh, you know, I'm still, I, I think that this is going to be so dependent on what they do in the draft. But again, I think that, um, I think that the Cardinals are really going, uh, to be a team that's just exciting to watch this year. Um, with an unreal trade with the potential that they have again in Kyler Murray and, and everything that they can do there. Um, I, I, I think that, you know, I don't think they're going to be in last place in their division, which is not saying a lot, but Hey, that is improving on uh, a five and 10 season. Um, and I will say it was, it was kind of a toss up for me because honestly, I kind of wanted to go with the Vikings. It's tough call because they did trade away Stefan Diggs, but I think that they are making moves to have the most impact and actually how their season goes. And they're actually playing for something. The Cardinals, they can do great. They're not going to be in the wild card. Most likely they're definitely not clinching their division. So, um, but all in all, I think that I would probably give it to the Cardinals for, for what they're doing over there. And they seem, they seem motivated. And I think that, uh, I think it's going to pay out for. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that, uh, for me, I'm going to go with an easy answer here. Something that some might call lazy. Uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to stick with the Falcons here. My, my team, um, you know, you look at everything that they've, uh, been through since 2016, um, to where they're at now last year, embarrassing start, but finishing the season extraordinarily strong. And so they looked at their roster, they looked at their financial, um, statements and they said, you know what? This is the money that we have to spend. Let's make the necessary cuts that we need to make to be able to um, be able to look back at this offseason with no regrets. And I think that, you know, re- obviously releasing Desmond Trufant, releasing um, uh, Devontae Freeman, uh, just names that are synonymous with who we were in 2016. But we're no longer that team. We have a new identity. We have new stars on the rise. Um, and we, and we, and so they made the moves that were necessary, in my opinion, the hard moves. And that's why I think that they're so improved is they made the tough decisions, yeah. um, that were necessary to be able to go out and get themselves a Dante Fowler, to be able to get themselves a Todd Gurley, to be able to put themselves in a position to where, um, they can draft a CJ Henderson in, in the upcoming draft and have their next star cornerback. I think that, um, they've, they've made the wiggle room necessary to make key signings to make depth signings and to set themselves up for the draft um, to be extremely successful now their season will be completely dependent on that draft if they screw it up which thomas dimitrov is not necessarily the best best track record when it comes to the draft outside of a couple picks um obviously namely julio jones uh, was a huge one for him, but so we'll see what he does. Um, he has to hit a home run here or else we're talking, um, possibly from my most improved to my least improved very fast. So, um, just a spitball here real quick. One, two, three action. Who is the worst team of the offseason? Who lost? Kyle, say it. No explanation. Say it. Redskins. Chandler. Texans. Brandon. <laughs> Patriots, yeah. screw you! Uh, that, yeah, Yo, no, I'm changing my mind. NFC. I'm changing it. Whoa. I'm changing it to the Patriots. <laughs> we make an exception. I'm out. That's what, that's what the NFL does for the Patriots. That's what we're doing for the Patriots. We make exceptions. That's 
That's right. We bend the rules. Okay, so um, we close out. Easy. We like to close out. <laughs> Man, the AFC is going to be We like to close out fun. every. Yeah, it is. Um, we like to close out every podcast with a uh, not sponsored by segment where we each plug uh, a particular company, um, local business, big business makes no difference to us. Something, something that's touched us, that's important to us. Um, and so I'll, I'll lead us off here with, uh, I'd like to plug Rev Coffee over here in, uh, uh Cobb County, Georgia. Uh, fantastic coffee shop, fantastic atmosphere, just top notch employees. Um, super kind. They, uh, make all of their, or they, they sell their own, um, coffee that is completely holistic, um, made the right way, not made, um, you know, unfortunately, like some uh, coffee companies have been known for uh, making over in um, labor fields where people are being paid extremely minimum wage, if that. And so, um, you know, they do everything the right way. Uh, they're a great company. Love them. Rev Coffee, Cobb County, Georgia. Nice, nice. I'm going to I'm going to hang on to this coffee train that we got going on and I am going to push for Noble and Maine Coffee Company in Cartersville. Uh, run by, uh, and I guess I don't know. I I don't know if I can call them friends because we haven't talked in a super long time. I think acquaintances, acquaintances. buds, pals, hombres. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's a husband and wife uh, that run the coffee shop. Obviously, they're hurting a little bit because of the corona ruining everybody's life. But um, they are trying to do everything they can to. Um, just keep their business up and running to make sure that their staff are taken care of. Um, and aside from that, they have fantastic coffee, fantastic atmosphere uh, to do work in. So maybe we'll do a live podcast from Noble and Maine one day. Little little live coffee corner up there. But uh, Noble and Maine Coffee Shop. We'll close us out with the uh, coffee shouts. Um, I want to shout out your friends at Coffee Man Cold Brew um, again friend from college that started the business. Um, great guy. They specialize in cold brew coffee. They've also had a collaboration with my last plug of the podcast, Arcadia coffee roasters. Shout out all of these Dahlonega. Also friends you went um, to college with. Did you get an education at college or did you just meet friends? No, just made <laughs> just friends made with friends. guys. <laughs> like coffee. Like coffee. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, but coffee man's doing a cool thing right now where you can either buy a bag of cold brew or send a bottle. If you don't buy coffee or don't like cold brew. Um, and for every bottle or bag sold, they donate a bottle of cold brew to a local hospital, which is Love it. very much appreciated as somebody that works in healthcare. We appreciate all of the caffeine, um, keeps us going. And so shout out to them for doing good things, helping people out in this time of need. Yeah, and, and, fantastic. and if someone wants to send us, uh, order us some cold brew for the pod, that'd be great. And then Kyle yeah. can double dip while he's at the. Uh, send at us in your coffee. We'll review it. That's right. Love it. Absolutely. Love we'll it. We'll do a weekly coffee, <laughs> coffee review. Yes. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on episode two of the Cheap Seat Sports Podcast. Just one quick shout out to our essential workers out there. Uh, during all of this chaos and all of this crazy with Corona, uh, we appreciate you. We love you and we're praying for you. Uh, don't forget to find us on our social media accounts. Uh, Kyle's going to hit you with those in just a second, but make sure if you have any questions or you have anything that you want us to talk about, make sure you reach out to us on one of our social media accounts and we'd be glad to uh, see that and address that here in the near future. And thanks again for joining us on episode two. Kyle, what are, our, what, what are the social media accounts? Don't forget to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at TCSS Podcast or find us on our Facebook page, The Cheap Seat Sports Podcast. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Peace. Boom. Crushed it.